Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 5. So follow along with me here. It says this. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord God, I just ask that your truth would be spoken here today, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for your word and uh, just the truth that it is, Lord. Father, be with our hearts, Lord, and I pray that um, that we're just ready to receive from you. Please speak to each and every one of us. Lord, may we hear your voice. We thank you in your name. Amen. So, um, a few weeks back, we're over in, uh, in Garden Valley, Idaho. This is where we lived prior to us going to Romania. <clears throat> and while we were there, it just so happened that, our, that we had some, uh, some friends from Romania who were there. And he was actually giving the message. And he spoke on this passage right here. And, you know, he spoke for 45 minutes. And I remember only one thing from that message. And he said this, and it was pretty early on in the message. And he said this, you are always preaching something. And when he said that, I was, the rest of the message just kind of went away. And I just started thinking, man, I'm always preaching something. I'm always preaching something. And it just stuck with me. And, and I think about it often. I, and, and so that's why I want to share this, just this passage here with you. Because we are always preaching something. So, in our relationships with our families, we're preaching something. You know, in our relationships at work, we're preaching something. Right? When we are out in our community, when we are with friends, we're preaching something. When we come here to church, we are preaching something. So the question that I asked myself when I heard this, when I heard this statement, I asked myself, what am I preaching? And right away I know I, I think of my kids. You know, I'm just like, what am I preaching to them? But the question that I want to ask you is what are you preaching? That's the challenge, is what are you preaching? And so as... As we look at this passage here, I want to focus on three things. One is preach the word. The second is why preach the word. And the third is fulfill your ministry. But before we kind of head down that path right there, <clears throat> I just want to do a little, just real brief background, because I think it's really important as we, as we look at this letter. 
um, realizing this, that Second Timothy, this is Paul's final letter. So Paul is imprisoned in Rome. He realizes that he's not going to make it. This is it for him, right? He knows that within a few days or moments or I, I don't know how long it is, but this is it for him. He, he won't go to bed and angels won't kick him and wake him up and say, hey, um, you know, it's time to just walk out of this prison cell. No, it was done. So I want you to turn with me real quick. Let's look at verse 6 here. Okay, and this is where we get this idea that this, he's done. And just think about, if you could, just think about him in, in, this, in this cell and what he wants to say to Timothy. Because he says this, uh, chapter 4, verse 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. This is it. He realizes it. He says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. My question to you is this, is if you had, if you knew, your final moments were at hand. What would you say? What, and who would you say it to? Paul here chose in his final moments to write this letter to Timothy, his son in the faith. And this section right here is the final charge. This is what he's going to encourage him in. So let's jump into it. The first one, we read in verses 1 through 2. Uh, in verses 2, in, in verse 2, sorry. It says this. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. In Paul's final moments at the end of this letter, this is what he encourage Timothy to do. What I want to encourage you to do is to preach the word. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to all of a sudden go to seminary and become pastors. That's not what I'm saying. Because we all know that actions speak louder than words. Correct? Yeah. Because I know, I, I know it for sure because I tell my kids all the time and they never listen. You know, but if I show it to them, they tend to follow. Okay, they tend to follow. All right, so we realize that our actions, but also when Paul says here to preach the word, the word, this right here, this is our standard. This is our truth. This is where we get all the answers for all the questions that we ask. For all the questions that we ask. This is where we find it. Okay? Now, um, I, I'm not a big fan of topical messages. Okay? And this is just my a little aside here. Okay? But what I really enjoy is expositional teaching. We just go, you know, 
book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and let the Word teach you. Okay, because, I, again, this is just my opinion. When, when we go to topical messages, and, and I'm not saying they're bad, because some of them I really enjoy, okay? But what I'm saying is, is sometimes you'll get that person's slant on it. You know, we could take all kinds of verses out here, kind of twist and turn them a little bit, and, and all of a sudden we have a wonderful message, and, and it's not... It's just taken out of its context and things like that. But what I do know is this, is that if I start from the book of Genesis and I go all the way to the end of Revelation, I will hit every single topic that there is. And if there's another topic that I haven't hit, then you know what? If you start in Genesis and you go all the way through Revelation, you'll find it in there. All right? And, and that's, that, again, that's just my belief. Okay? And that's why I so appreciate having Matt here and Christine here, because that is his style of teaching. That so he goes book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and let the Word of God teach you. And he just exposes it and highlights some things. And then you, yourself, you need to hear from the Lord. Okay. So, again, the Word is our standard. It is the truth. He also says to be ready to preach in and out of season. So when is that? When is in season and out of season? All the time. Right? Right now it's football season, right? But like my wife will say, you know, hey, do we really need ESPN? I was like, yeah, well, it's football. But right after football, then we'll, you know, during football in it, we'll watch the World Series. You know, then right after that, basketball's creeping in. And then right after that, you know, you might catch a little bit of bowling at the end just to get you into football again. You know what I'm saying? So you're always in season. There is no off season. You have to realize that. There is no off season for us as believers. We're constantly preaching something. And what do you want to preach? You want to preach the word. You want to preach the word. Okay? So, again, our actions speak louder than words. All right? So we're not just a Sunday church. You understand? We're an everyday church. You have to believe that you are everyday Christians, not just Sunday. Because I'll tell you the truth. You can only lie for so long. Right? You know, I, I, I'm a teacher. I'm in that classroom. And yeah, I can blow smoke. You know what I mean? I can act like I know what I'm saying. But the kids, they find out. Even to the real, real young ones, they know. They're like, oh, Mr. Oh, you're lying. You know? Because they know. Okay? So realize you're always preaching something. All right? And we want to preach the word. All right. So now, as we, as we read on here, it says this. Um, Use the word for convincing, rebuking, and exhorting, okay, it says that. Or, you know, um, to convince people and to encourage people. And then, you know, as we look at rebuking, it is not so much like, you know, you're going to use it to hammer people, but it's for correcting, okay, and getting people in line with Christ. So as we look at this, let's, let's learn, uh, let's learn, let's move up to the previous chapter, in chapter 3, let's look at verse 16 and 17 real quick here. So chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then he answers, why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We preach the word, okay? And we study the word so that we can be equipped. So we can be equipped to handle any situation that arises. Okay, I'll give you a great example of this. It's 7.30 in the morning, all right, at our house, and I need to get to work. And guess what? Every, all the kids, because they go to school here except for Jonah, right? So Jonah's already at school, but the three younger ones, we need to get to school. And I'm like, all right, it's 7.30. Dad needs to be to work. And they're not ready. You know, they're not ready. They haven't had breakfast, haven't brushed their teeth yet. And I'm just like, all right, it's time for us to go. And they know that the pressure is on. They know that. They feel it. Okay? So this is a great time for me to convince, rebuke, exhort. With what does it say at the end there? With all long suffering and teaching. Okay, so I need to be patient, need to be kind, need to do all these kinds of things. And God, through his word, has equipped me with all of these kinds of things. The question is, what do I do? I would say a lot of the time I just flesh out. You know, it just rises up and I'm like, how many times do I have to tell you guys we got to go? You know, you guys should have done all this stuff earlier. You know, we need to be going. And when I told you to wake up, you should have wake up, you know, and done all these things. But is that what the Lord wants? Is that what I'm preaching? Am I preaching the love of Christ to my kids at that time? No, I'm just, teach, I'm just teaching them that their dad is just a big flesh ball. You know, when the pressure's on, you know, we have to get going. All right? And so, you know, obviously that's not correct because... In Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, it says this, Fathers, do not provoke your kids to wrath, lest they become discouraged. And guess what? A lot of times I do that at that moment. You see, it's the Word of God that teaches us these kinds of things, that this is not how, as parents, we need to behave, right? We need to be patient with our kids. It says train the kids in the way that they should go. Right, and that's not sending your kids to Sunday school. The emphasis there is the training. The emphasis is the training. That means you need to put in the time, the effort, the work, so that they will know. And then it's going to be their choice. Then it's going to be their choice. So, the word allows me to be equipped to handle every situation. Again, we are to preach the word constantly, using it to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and use words when necessary. Point number two, why preach the word? Let's look at verses three and four. It says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside 
to fables. To me, that sounds like today. That sounds like right now. Like right in front of us, this is what's happening. So why do we preach the word of God? Because the time is coming when people, they do not want sound doctrine. They don't want it. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear that they need a savior. People don't want to hear that there is nothing that they can do to earn salvation. They don't want to hear about Jesus and that they need him. That Jesus came to save the world from destruction. And quite literally, people, they don't want to hear that in Jesus there is joy. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that in Jesus there is redemption, there's salvation, there's justification. What they want to hear is that they are at the center of the universe. And that's not true. That is not the truth. When we read this right here, the truth is is that Jesus is central. And that there is nothing we can do. I'll tell you what happened. Let's turn to the book of Genesis. Okay, real quick. Turn with me. Genesis. I believe it's in chapter 8. This tells us about man. Right? So we know the situation here. Genesis chapter 8. Um, the flood just happened. Okay? And God created this covenant with man saying that he's not going to flood the earth anymore with the rainbow. And this is what God says. Verse 21, chapter 8, verse 21. Actually, let's start at verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. So again, verse 20, sorry about that. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Everything that man thinks, this is what God says, is evil. Is evil. Like I said before, You don't have to teach kids how to be bad. You don't. They already know how to lie. They already know how to steal. They already know how to be selfish. When you look at a little baby, right? When they are hungry, what do they do? They cry, right? Because they're saying, I am hungry. And yeah, they can't probably talk to you, obviously, right? But their world already exists that is just for them. And if I cry loud enough, mom and dad will come and I will get some food. And if I feel very uncomfortable down there, I'll cry loud enough and mom and dad will change my diaper. And sometimes this lasts for a very long time. People might be 40 and they still cry when they're hungry. You know? You don't have to teach people to be bad. You have to work at it so that they can be good. That's what it is. Because here we read in Genesis... The man's thoughts are evil from when they're a kid. And now there's another notion out there that says, oh, no, we're good. See, people don't want to hear that they're bad. 
People don't want to hear that they are sinners. They want to hear, oh man, you're good. No worries. If you just do good, you'll be all right. I just read that in the paper. Like a little while ago, you know, um, in the UB, they had that section on Sundays where that, that Jewish pastor guy, you know, that rabbi. And that's what he said. He said, we know that if we just do good, God will be happy with us. He needs to read this thing. That's not what it says. It says we need Jesus Christ. And in him is salvation. In him is redemption. In him is the truth. And without him, guess where we go? To hell. How long? Forever. But if we have him in our lives, guess where we go? To heaven. How long? Forever. So if people ask you, oh, is there an afterlife? Yeah, you bet. And there's only two places you're going to go. Where are you going to go? Right? So as we look at, as we look at this situation here, again, in uh, 2 Timothy, verse 3 and 4, we see, we see that today that people, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear that they need Jesus. So why do we preach the word of God? Because this, as we read in verse 4, and they will turn their ears away from the truth so that our next generation or even ourselves, that they will not turn from the truth. That's why, you know, this Sunday, that's why today at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a high school meeting. So to talk to the youth and say, what do you guys want? How can we help you to live the truth? How can we help you when you are at Wahai to live the truth? When everything around you says, no, the truth is you. The truth is you. You are the truth. That's a lie. The truth is Jesus Christ. You need to be respectful to your teachers. Why? Because Jesus said so. You need to be respectful to your parents. Why? Because Jesus said so. You need to love your neighbor as yourself, even if they don't love you. Why? Because Jesus said so. Because we find that in the word of God. And do you know, like you, these high school kids, they need encouragement to do that? Can you do it on your own as an adult? Live this life in the workplace? You know, in your own homes? Can you do that? No, we all need encouragement. That's why we come here. To encourage each other that, you know what? You can do it. You can live a life that is sold out for Christ. You can do it. You can be a Christian in this awful world. You can be a Christian in this community here. Why do we preach the word of God? So that our kids and ourselves, that we won't turn from the truth and start believing lies. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Three, it says this, fulfill your ministry. Let's look at verse five. Again, 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We are all called to something. God has called you. And if you don't know that God has called you, you better figure that out real quick. Because he has called you. If you have kids, he's called you to be a parent. If you work somewhere, he's called you to be an evangelist in that area. 
God has called you. And I'm not talking about calling you where you have to go to Guatemala or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's called you right here in this community. This is your mission field. This is where we preach the word. This is where we convince and rebuke and exhort right here. Do you know that Matt's job is to encourage you to go out there? That's his job. His job is when you guys come is to kind of bandage you up, encourage you a little bit so that when you come back next Sunday, you're all beat up and you're just like, man, I can't do it anymore. Oh, man, let's break out the word of God, man. He says you can. Let's go out and do it again. Fulfill your ministry. God has called you. God has called you. We are all missionaries here. God has called you. But what... um. How do we fulfill this ministry that God has called us to? Well, Paul gave Timothy some helpful hints here. And I think we can use these, all right? Let's look at it. Again, verse 5. The first one is this. But you be watchful in all things. Be watchful in all things. Be aware of what is going on. Okay, you know, football season, so I love using football analogies. It doesn't matter what season. In and out of season, it's always football season right here. All right? So here's the thing. You know, we tell defensive backs, people who are guarding wide receivers, we say keep your head on a swivel. What does that mean? That means you're constantly looking around. Because the one time where you're not paying attention, when you're watching the play over here, the receiver is going to come and he's going to smack you from the blind side and you're just going to go toppling over. And it's going to hurt and it's not going to feel good. You see, that's what he's saying here. Be watchful. Pay attention because you're going to get slapped from the, from the blind side and it's not going to feel good. But if you are aware, in order to fulfill your ministry, one thing you need to do is to pay attention to it. Be Watchful. Be watchful. Pay attention. The, th- the second thing he says this is endure afflictions or endure hard times. Guess what? If someone told you that becoming a Christian, your life is going to be rosy. Oh, it's going to be awesome. They lied. It's going to be worse. If you read anything in here, when becoming a Christian, it'll be worse. But the end result is what we're looking for. The end result, and that's heaven, eternity, with Christ. That's what we're looking for. And I know sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait that long. You know? But realizing this, there's redemption in the Lord. There's salvation in the Lord. There's joy in the Lord. There's peace in the Lord. There's kindness from God. There's faithfulness from God. There's all these things for me. He's the only comforter. There's nothing that satisfies besides Him. These are all things that we read here in the Word of God to help us fulfill our ministry. There's going to be hard times, people. We already know that, right? We're in it. You're in it. And if you're not in it, then, wow, you better check yourself. Because we're in it. We are in the hard times right now. But guess what? Suck it up. This life is but a vapor. It's really, really short. Endure the hardship. Endure it. Persevere through it. Like James says, 
Take joy in your trials. Not that you're wanting trials like, woohoo, I can't wait for the next one. No, because it hurts, right? But what he says is the end result is what we're looking at. When we go through this trial, we have joy because we know that God is perfecting us. All right? The next thing is, is this. Do the work of an evangelist. What is Paul saying to Timothy? And I'm going to say to you, share the gospel. Your life, just your life alone, you should be able to share the gospel. Share your testimony. People should look at you and say, man, what's going on with that guy? What's going on with that person, man? Do you know everybody's suffering from financial issues right now, but they're not? Meaning that, you know what, you have peace. You have comfort knowing that God can handle this stuff and he can take you through this stuff, Right? So, as we look at this, do the work of an evangelist. Share the gospel with people. Share his love with people. And the last thing here is fulfill your ministry. To me, what that's speaking on is finish strong. Finish strong. God has called us, each and every one of us, to the ministry. And I encourage you, finish strong. Finish the race. Finish the race. Now, I remember leaving, um, when we were leaving Romania. Okay. We knew in February that we were leaving, and we decided that we are going to leave in June. That's a long time. And I tell you what, you can check out in February, and we could have just coasted all the way in. You know, and it would have been awesome at that time. But what was more awesome, okay, is that we tried, we told ourselves, Heather and I, and we told our kids, we're going to finish strong to the end. We left on a Sunday, and then that Sunday I gave the last message, and, and you know, people came over to our house, and we were supposed to leave like at 4 o'clock Monday morning to get to the airport because it took us a couple hours. And we stayed up all night long, and people were there, and we were worshiping God, we were praying, and people drove us all the way down to the airport, and there we're praying and ministering with people and encouraging them. Tears are shed and things like that. As we're walking, people are like, oh, we don't want you to go. And I'm like, yeah, but we have to go, you know. And we're walking out there. And as we walked past and we couldn't see anybody, I just, I remember looking at Heather and thinking to myself, you know what, we finished strong. This little section of our lives, we finished strong. I just loved it. I could walk away from that just going, all right. And now this section of my life, I want to finish strong. Some of you, you know, you're in different areas of your life. Whatever God has called you to, finish strong in that area. Finish the race. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, and I know this. You know, there's lots of you out there who pray for people who are not believers. Am I correct? You bet, because there's lots of people. Well, guess what? Finish strong. All the way to the, to the end, to your last breath. Pray for them if they don't know the Lord. Because God wants them to come to know Him. You never know. You never know what it's going to take. Finish strong, people. I encourage you, finish strong. Fulfill the ministry that God has called you to. In conclusion here, 
Preach the word of God and use words if necessary. And remember, you are always preaching something. The second thing, why do we preach the word of God? Because we don't want people to turn from the truth. And if they don't know the truth, they will see the truth in you. And lastly, fulfill your ministry. Keep your head on straight, as Paul says. Keep your head on a swivel. Be aware of what's going on. Share the gospel with people. Endure the hard times and finish strong. 